Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, it's a bye week, man. I'm, uh, it's been really nice to get a little bit of rest after all the travel of football season. Uh, but uh, what do we got today? Little hoops, man. Little Florida hoops. They're in the Charleston Classic. Uh, probably, I don't know, we were talking before the for the show. I thought it was probably Florida's best win of the season. 78-58 uh, to 58 win over the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Thomas, there was a little bit of a scare in the first round. Florida kind of squeaked by St. Joe's. Um, really didn't seem like quite the same type of game, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously there's been, I would say, a lot of consternation, maybe uh, frustration around the start of this Florida basketball season. You know, Florida obviously, you know, started two and two. This is a team that came into the season ranked number six in the country. You had two five-star freshmen. You had three sophomores that were all, all played pretty well last year. Now, you know, as Mike White points out, that was those were three sophomores that were part of a team that lost 16 games. Uh, so maybe we were overhyping them a little bit. Um, you know, you pick up the best grad transfer in the country in Kerry Blackshear. I just think a lot of a lot of people kind of went into the season thinking this was Mike White's prove-it year, you know, where Florida's had some pretty good results. They've been in the tournament, but it just hasn't looked good. You know, the eye test has not been favorable to this Florida basketball program in the last year or two. And it, it, at times it hasn't looked like they've had a real offensive plan. And so I think, you know, there was always going to be some adjustment to this season when you get into, you know, you've got a very different team makeup this year. You've got five true freshmen. You've got a new grad transfer. Um, but I think, Blake, the way those first four games went, I mean, you and I have talked about it. I know you have a lot of Florida friends, you know, uh, having gone to UF. Uh, people were frustrated with the way this season started, no? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's, there's kind of some things to unpack here from this game. Yeah. One thing that I, I at least I've noticed just, you know, this we're probably venturing into hot take territory here from, you know, Twitter takes and, you know, just from reading from fans. But there seem to be some grumblings of Kerry Blackshear's start at Florida. Um, again, there's not a lot of sample size from his time at Florida really still. You know, we're, we're still kind of feeling th- – I mean, it's still early in the season. Yeah. But there has started to get some frustrations towards him. And I, St. Joe's really helps. Um, but he – 20 points, played 35 minutes, 6 of 12 free, uh, shooting from field goals, um, and that's 3 for 4 from the three-point line. Uh, I guess, is what do you expect from him? You know, he, it seems like everyone kind of thought he was going to come in and be the saving grace, and while he's a very good player, I guess, what have you kind of thought about his start so far? 
Well, I think he gives Florida a lot more options. Um, you know, that they're able to play different ways. I thought today against Miami, you saw a lot that Florida played, you know, him alongside Omar Payne. And I thought that really helped because I think Payne's one of those lengthy bigs uh, that can really impact the game, especially defensively. Um, but I also think he can run the floor a little bit more. And so to me, um, you know, Kerry Blackshear is going to be a guy that's going to be extremely reliable. He's going to be able to create some uh, some some post scoring against defenders that, you know, are not as technically sound. You know, I think we saw it on one where he really kind of ducked one way and then ducked under and, uh, you know, had a nice layup today. Um, I think his leadership is going to be really important. I think a lot of what we saw in those first four games, Blake, was just that um, Florida didn't really know what it was doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they've, they've been in practice. They've seen Blackshear. You know, they've practiced well. But it just didn't seem like there was – a very coherent offensive plan other than, okay, let's make sure Kerry's touching the ball. Um, I think we're starting to see that happen a little bit more intelligently, you know, as Florida continues to install more sets offensively. But I go back to, you know, this, the, the, the fan frustration, I think was it in part because, you know, Florida looked so lost offensively at times last year and, and really, you know, at various points throughout the Mike White tenure that, you know, when you are kind of experimenting with a new guy who has a very different skill set than most of what Mike White's used to, um, it was going to take some time. Um, and I would caution, too, you know, as good as they played today, um, that's only, it's still only one game. You know, they looked, like you said, they, they, you know, that game against St. Joe's in the second half, man, whoo, buddy. Like, I know they won that game, but, man, there, there were a lot of people that were ready to, you know, flip the switch and, and go right back to that negative place of, man, we can't coach offense. You know, we got Andrew Nemhard sitting, sitting with the ball till eight seconds on the shot clock, and then we just toss one up. Those are the kind of things that are frustrating for Florida fans. And I thought today... Um, you know, they used Blackshear well when they when they had him on the floor, but they also, I thought, ran the ball a little bit more up and down the floor. I thought Quez Glover, you know, played some really great minutes that I thought helped Florida kind of just play with more tempo. You know, they played more loose. They played more free. I thought that was one of the big reasons Scotty Lewis had kind of a breakout game. And I think, at least for me, Blake, I think you're starting to see, I would say, flashes of, of maybe what this team can be. And and again, it's, it's such a long season that, you know, it was... I understand the frustration, and I think the frustration for a lot of fans with the way the team started was was in a lot of ways warranted. Um, but I, I just think Florida fans are going to need to have patience with this team because what we saw against Miami, that's not always going to happen either. You know what I mean? It's not always going to be that clean. You know what I'm saying? Sure, and I think a lot of the frustrations, too, have been towards Mike White. Um, obviously, this is, is one of his most talented teams that he's had, uh, at least in recent years. When you kind of factor in the five-star freshmen, but they're freshmen. Um, I guess, what do you make for the frustrations for Mike White? It seems like you, you kind of take a little bit more of a level-headed, you know, kind of look towards it. And I guess, what, what are your thoughts of, you know, kind of where they stand with him and, and those frustrations that a lot of fans have towards him? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it boils, it, it mostly all boils down in the offense. You know, Florida's been a pretty good defensive team since he took over. And for the most part, you know, when Florida's hitting shots, they're in games. Um, the issue is I, I think Florida has not had a clear offensive identity under Mike White. And I think a lot of that is personnel driven. Um, he's he's been pretty open to changing person, you know, changing with his personnel. But I think when you are changing kind of year to year, like you know, when you have a point guard like Chris Chioza, you can run and gun. And Florida did more of that. And I thought they were very good under Chris Chioza. And then you switch to a point guard who's very very different than that, and Andrew Nemhard. Um, so when you have changing identities year to year, and this is kind of what's going on, I think, with Kerry Blackshear right now, is they're trying to figure out how to utilize a big with his skill set. Is that your players that have been around for a while, it's it's harder for players to adapt to all these different styles of play. 
Um, you know, these are young guys. It, it takes a lot of learning. Not only are you adjusting to the college game when you're talking about Florida this year having five freshmen, but you're talking about learning different pieces of offense. And Mike White as a coach has been around for a while. He's seen a lot of this stuff. So for him, it's not the first time he's doing a lot of these things. For the players, it is. And uh, I, I think that's one of the things that frustrates Florida fans is in, in five years now, there's never been a clear, okay, this is Florida basketball's offensive identity. Um, you know, whereas when Billy Donovan was at Florida, you knew what Florida looked like offensively. You know, it was Billy ball. You know, it was, it was always very, very well-run offense. They ran screens great. They always generated open looks. And for the most part, from year to year, Blake, it always looked like Billy Donovan's offense. Like, it looked very similar. And I think the frustration with Mike White is Florida struggled offensively, and part of that is they just haven't been consistent year to year. And so, to me, a little bit of his person, like, again, is personnel-driven. Um, I think that Andrew Nemhard, um, I think he's a very talented point guard. I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that you would want to run the kind of offense that White ran at Louisiana Tech and that he ran with Chris Chioza. Um, so I think Florida's... <laughs> They've almost got like a split personality disorder, like where they can run this half court offense. And that's kind of what you're seeing now with with Blackshear. And you saw it on several possessions against Miami where Nemhard and Blackshear were actually really good hooking up in half court offense and running two man game. There were two or three possessions today against Miami where you're like, wow, that looked really, really good. And they played off each other very well. But then you have so many other guys that Mike White's recruited that are just the elite athlete. You know, the Keontae Johnson, the Scotty Lewis, the Trey Mann, uh, Quez Glover types who are much better running the floor. And I think for Florida, part of the issue this year is finding out how to make those mesh. Um, and Mike White talked about it a little bit before Charleston. He said, you know, when we need to be running and we have, you know, the broken floor to be running out and transitioning in quick offense, we're slowing the ball down. And then when we should be slowing the ball down because we don't have the numbers, we're pressing it. And those are all signs of a young team that's struggling to figure out when to do what. Um, so I, I think the I think a lot of the complaints about Mike White in that sense are, are warranted. You know, a lot of coaches have a more set offensive system and it stays the same and they recruit to that system. I think to me, it looks more like Mike White has recruited great players. Um, and because of some of the pieces that he's gotten, he's had to work the offense around that. And so it takes longer for Florida to get going. Does that does that make any sense? It definitely makes some sense. You know, I, I think it's it's interesting when you look at it that way, because I I you know, Florida, there, I understand the frustrations, but I also think that there is something to work with here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and again, we're talking about these pieces. Scotty Lewis, I thought, had a breakout game today. You know, obviously a terrific athlete. Um, if you get guys like that to start playing like that every game, you're going to be a really good team. I mean, there were times today where I'm looking at Florida, and I'm like, that looks like an NCAA tournament team. And like, you know, Miami eventually folded. But for, for a while there, it was a really good competitive game that looked like, hey, this is a game you might see in March. And we didn't see any of that, I don't think, in the first four games. So I think Florida is going to develop. Um, I think they've, they, you know, they've clearly got the pieces. I mean, they weren't ranked number six for no reason. You know, I know a lot of national national people really have a lot of respect for Mike White. Um, I don't know if having covered Mike White at Florida that I'm nearly as sold as some of these national guys on Mike White himself. Um, but I think the pieces are there. There's no doubt the pieces are there. Um, Scotty Lewis, I think, again, one of those athletes that you can run the floor with. Uh, just tremendous all-around game today. I think he had, what, 13 points, eight, blo- eight, eight rebounds and three blocks. I mean, that's a really, really good game. And then you talk about the, the kind of contributions you're getting from Keontae Johnson in this tournament. Florida's a really good team. I just think right now I think they're struggling. And, and I say struggling. They just, they just had a really good game where they figured it out. Um, but I think it's going to take a little while to develop these different personalities within the team. 
you know, these different playing styles that depending on who you have on the floor, you could play very differently. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it, Mike White said it, um, you know, several weeks ago, he said, we have a huge high ceiling offensively, but, you know, we're, we're also, we also have the potential to be extremely versatile. And he even said, there's a danger in that, that you try to do too much. And I think, um, I think a lot of the early season, I don't think White is nearly as concerned as some Florida fans. I think, I think that he knows that this early non-conference stretch is about finding out what you can do. And I think they're doing that in different ways. I think, you know, maybe not always as efficiently as they could, where, you know, games three and four, I think, you know, UConn and, and against Towson, they really were trying to force Kerry Blackshear. They were forcing the issue a little bit too much. This game looked a lot more natural in terms of how they were getting it into Blackshear, how they were, you know, whether or not they were going half-court offense or, or more transition press when they had Quez, Quez Glover in. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, on the, I'm at the point, Blake, where, you know, if you ask me how I feel about Mike White, and you're, you're a fan that's upset with Mike White, I would say I, I fully understand the frustrations, the concerns. I'm not at all sold that, um, that he's the guy for Florida. I'm, I'm not sold on that yet. Um, I think that this season is going to be a, a big referendum on how that's viewed. And I think, having said that, I think people just need to be patient. It's a long season. This isn't this isn't football. They've only lost two games, you know. And, and if Florida gets this team clicking, you saw flashes today where the potential is clearly there for them to be a team that can compete and potentially win the SEC. So I don't know. I mean, that that's that's kind of my just general thought on it. Yeah, you know, and I, I think from looking at Florida, you know, I think they've, for the most part, have played good defense. Um, you know, that's something that Mike White has done. And, you know, like you said, whenever you're looking at this November basketball, it's early. You know, a lot of teams are kind of figuring things out. You know, maybe Florida, um, you know, bringing in all these freshmen and having in this new grad transfer. You know, Kentucky lost, to, you know, in an upset game. I'm not saying that Florida is on quite Kentucky's level, but I'm saying that I think a lot of teams in general are figuring things out at this point. And, and I think you have to be encouraged by the defense that Florida is playing early in the season. And, and if you can continue to continue to carry that over, but also kind of find your identity on offense, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that again can gel and you can figure it out once you, you know, some of these, you know, what is uh, Dickie B calling these diaper dandies? You know, they kind of figure okay. things out. Um, you know, I, I think the sky can be the limit for Florida, and obviously Blackshear, I think, is the guy that they want to put a lot of things through with his experience and you know, just from being a different type of player. But I, I think that Florida at this point. They're just kind of figuring things out, and I understand the frustrations getting Mike White. You know, whenever you have this high-ranking team, and you know you come out and you lose two games really early in the season, I can understand some fans wanting to push the panic button that they've already kind of had their finger hovering over it. You know, already heading into that. So yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I think you just kind of have to let things play out and see what's going on. But I, I agree in the same sense that this is really a big deciding factor. Or at least for me, I, I don't know where Florida stands on the situation, but for me, I think that Mike White has a lot of talent at this. point. Point, and if he's not going to get it going at some point in the season, you start to kind of question. Well, he's not doing it with a couple five stars, and you know, a former ACC all you know player of the year in Blackshear, or at least a high playing ACC player. So I think you do have to start to wonder because if he's not going to do it with this talent, at least some point in the season, you know, right, when, when is will he? you? Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I, you know, in some ways, I look at this early season, um, and, and it'll be interesting. I, I'll, I kind of want to ask Mike White about exactly this when you know they get back from Charleston is. How much of this early season is simply experimenting and testing things, you know, even that you may not be good at to see if you can get good at it. And then, so, you know, some things maybe you don't and you abandon them. But I look at it like, you know, we were talking about Florida's run game earlier in the year and we get to game three and four and 
Um, you know, fans are getting really frustrated that they seem intent on running the ball and just pounding it when it's clearly not working. And like, yeah, like part of that is you have a young O line and you know you're going to have tougher games in October when you get to Auburn, LSU, Georgia. You need to see if you have some semblance of a run game. And so a lot of those early games, you know, you could win 56 to zero in some of these early games. But, you know, it's like you need to work on the run game. Like they're not going to get better if you don't work on it in real life games and then be able to show them the film. So I think there's some of that going on, too, with Florida in terms of figuring out which rotations work best together, which players are, you know, best paired together. Um, like I said, I thought, you know, the the Payne Blackshear lineup today was really good. I think Florida's finding out that it can play stretches with, say, a Quez Glover or a Trey Mann in there where they go a little quicker. And then, you know, against teams where you want to run half court, I think Nemard's your guy. But um, I don't know. It's just it's it's very early. I thought today was a very, very big step in the right direction for Florida. Um, and and the other thing is this tournament with three games in four, four days really allows a young team to get on the road, you know, where they're in hotels together, they get a chance to bond. And I think that can really help, you know, the fact that you're playing without necessarily having these days, you know, three, four days in between to sit and dwell on a loss to UConn or a Florida state. Um, it helps, you know, you get more games on your belt, guys get more comfortable more quickly. And all of a sudden you get a little momentum and that sparks the confidence that I think was missing in the first four games. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens Sunday night. You know, they're going to get a quality game against, uh, Xavier or UConn. So I think that'll be, you know, a good measuring stick. But, uh, Blake, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We I know we want to get to recruiting. It's a big recruiting week with Florida on a bye week. Um, I know there's there's some coaching visits coming up. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about kind of the board as it stands, uh, in particular a couple positions. So let's take a quick break, guys. Hang with us, and we'll get back with a pretty extensive recruiting look in just a minute. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. We just got done discussing a little bit of Florida basketball with the team, putting together two back-to-back wins to open the Charleston Classic. Florida will play Sunday night against the winner of Xavier and UConn. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. We'll have coverage of that. But Blake, I wanted to get into recruiting. Um, obviously, with Florida football on a bye week this week, the Florida coaches have a chance to hit the road. Um, I know that this staff is maybe not quite as active as, as some in the past that we've covered in terms of getting out and seeing some of these visits, but uh, what are some of the ones that you know of for sure right now? Yeah, you know, uh, when we had our earlier in the week podcast, I, I was expecting Florida to kind of treat this bye week like they did their previous one before Georgia, where they were you know, hitting out some high schools and maybe some games that play on a Thursday and then on the sidelines of quite a few games on Friday. And this isn't quite the same type of deal. Uh, Florida has made a couple visits to see some commits earlier in the day, but 
with the recruiting calendar currently right now, it's in a quiet period, which is coaches can have prospects come on visits. Um, you can drop by the school all you want, but you can't have any contact. You know, you can't speak right. to these guys. That ends on December 1st, which is when I expect Florida to really get after it. And they're really going to start hitting the road. And, and, you know, that's when they're really going to go out full force. So I think maybe the change in their plan this time is maybe more so just how, how it's so close to the contact period. But uh, Torian Gray uh, earlier this morning was out in Jacksonville. He stopped by uh, St. John's uh, Bartram Trail High School, which is home to Florida safety commit Trevez Johnson. Uh, he's a guy that has uh, you know, really put together a solid tape. He's been like one of the more popular commits talked about on the Swamp 24-7 message board. Uh, he, he actually went from like ranked in the 2000s to up in like 730-something, like somewhat range. So he had a yeah, he's had a really good year. Um, he, he's kind of one of those guys that they see playing that nickel spot, um, you know, maybe kind of like a Chauncey Gardner Jr. spot type of role where he had him, and you know, he was really good with tackling. Um, you know, I think his hands are probably the thing he needs to work on the most, and he'll tell you that too. If you look at his junior tape, I mean, there's just a lot of balls that were dropped. So um, he had a really good senior year. Um, he'll be at uh, Florida for the Florida State game. Uh, for an unofficial visit, and then he'll take his official visit on December 6th. So really locked in there. He got an offer from Clemson, but for now, no visits, no plans to check out any other schools. Um, so yeah, it looks, it looks good on the front there for Florida. Torian Gray will also uh, make his way out to Texas. Uh, he'll be on the later this evening. He'll be on the sidelines of a uh, four-star cornerback uh, commit Avery Helm. Uh, he'll be watching him. This is actually the second time. Uh, Gray was actually out at the last bye week to watch him play. play yes, again, he has a playoff game. Um, and then a uh, Florida linebackers coach Christian Robinson will be out in the state of Georgia. Uh, he's going to be at uh, Marietta High School's game this evening to see three-star safety commit uh, Rashad Torrance. Another guy really rock solid with Florida. He's going to take his official when Florida State comes to town. Italians to sign in and roll early. Um, Helm before, well, he's another guy that's going to be an official to Florida for the Florida State game. Uh, as far as I know, he's only signing early. He's not planning to enroll early because he's going to run track. So yeah, it was a pretty light week for Florida as far as you know hitting the road and going to see some of these recruits. But again, I expect December first to be when you know the floodgates get open and they really start getting after it. Yeah, I mean you never know too if they're visiting Texas, you might uncover the next Kyle Trask. <laughs> Could you never know? See, that's another thing too. Some of these visits I kind of figure out as I go. So you know, yeah. of course, whenever we finish this podcast, I'm going to find something and it'll be like, oh, Blake said he only had two visits. The guy lied, and I'm not. Well, Blake, what's your what's your pulse on kind of I guess generally just how recruiting is going for Florida right now? Because I know, you know we, don't, I, we don't talk about it a whole lot sure. during the season. Yeah, you know, I think it's starting to heat up, and I think that's just because we're kind of starting to venture into recruiting season. You know, the season's starting to wrap up. Florida's got a bye week. That big slate of official visits, Florida's going to have quite a few on the campus for the Florida State game. Uh, you start penciling together some of these, you know, December visits because there's, you know, just that December, uh, I believe it's sixth weekend. And then the 13th, those are the only two weekends you can have to host uh, recruits yeah. on campus before December 18th, which is the early signing period. So I think it's just more or less, you know, we're under a month until the early signing period. So it's 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 recruiting season now, man. Some of these guys are penciling these official visits and it's starting to, what do they call it, silly season. That's, that's silly yeah. season is upon us. Yeah, that's when the coaches get fired too. And then, you know, you're updating recruits on who's coaching where and they don't know and you don't know. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets exactly. real crazy. Well, uh, Blake, is there any particular positions you feel like that Florida really still needs to focus on? If, if there were one or two spots, you know, going down the stretch into this early signing day that you, you would concentrate on? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think they could stand. You know, I, I will say this: that I think David Turner has done an excellent job recruiting the defensive line for Florida. You know, you get a, a hold on to a Jervon Dexter, who I think is a five-star player and could easily end up as such. Whenever the rankings kind of all settle, twenty-four-seven uh, is a little slow of, of you know kind of giving out these five stars. Eventually, they'll get out to the thirty-two five stars. But for right now, where he sits, he's twenty-fourth in the nation, so he's definitely sitting in five-star territory. The thing for me with Jervon, I'm, I'm really excited to see him get after it during Under Armour Week. Uh, you know, going against these one-on-ones against the best of the best. Um, I'm really excited to see him because I think from looking at his stats this year, you know, I know he's going against, you know, little guys out there and some of these teams that he's going against are just outmatched, but, you know, he's put together some really good stats. So uh, I I think, again, there's still some needs, though. While they have have hit some, uh, I think you could stand to getting some of these interior guys. Florida's had a little bit of movement here. You know, you have Tim Smith, who's a guy that Florida fans all well-known, the Bama commit, who Florida has hosted on campus a couple times already this fall. Um, they're kind of chipping away at that. They're working to get him on campus for when Florida State comes to town, and, and then a, hopefully an official, which he plans to take uh, in December um, before signing early. Uh, so, yeah, that guy is one. Uh, Florida extended a recent offer on a Thursday evening to Clyde Pinder. He's a four-star, three-star. Oh yeah, Clyde Pender, man. That's the the most. I, it was. I was really happy too because there's a guy that has been on our message board that has just brought him up all yeah. season, and it just hasn't looked like an <laughs> offer. And here he gets a late offer. So, uh, you know, shout out to Brock. Uh, so, but yeah, Clyde, uh, he's a guy that he grew up a Florida fan. He's committed to North Carolina. I'll actually be out at his game. Armwood takes on Lakeland High School, which will be a big playoff game. It's actually the first time the two schools have played since Armwood moved up to Class 7A. So I'll have a little bit more of a feel on where Pinder and Florida sit. You know, uh, later this evening, I'll have a story, obviously, up on Swamp 24-7, you know, with his thoughts and the offer and whatnot. So I expect Florida to get some traction there. I know it's a little bit of a late offer, but it's a dream school type of offer. Uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't take a visit to Florida officially, unofficially of some capacity. I know they're working to get him on campus unofficially uh, when Florida State comes to town. So you'd really like to get two visits there, obviously, just because he's been a longtime North Carolina commit. You, you kind of have to explain maybe what took you so long to offer him. So, yeah. um, But I, I think for right now, I think there's some pretty strong interest there. Another defensive lineman that Florida's been very interested in, too. Uh, three-star defensive tackle Jalen Lee out of Louisiana. He's been a longtime LSU commit. Um Decommitted late Thursday night from LSU, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama, a couple schools mentioned. Florida's been mentioned in there too. Um, you know, I, I think Florida is really a serious team to watch here, and I say that because Florida was a big time factor before his LSU commitment. This is a guy that lives, I want to say, you know, 30, 45 minutes from Baton Rouge. Um, so he, he's a guy that was kind of in their backyard there, but has visited Florida quite a bit. I remember, I, I can't remember when it was. I want to say it was in June or, or maybe sometime in the spring. Um, his family's on vacation and they hit a couple's campuses. I, I want to say they popped up at Ole Miss, maybe Georgia. I, I know they were on a little bit of a tour of schools while they were on vacation. And this guy just rolls into UF like in an RV with like his whole family. So <laughs> it's not like it's just been him who's been on campus. He, yeah, he's yeah. got a good feel. I want to say he's been on campus at least two or three times, but you know, one of those times he brought like almost his whole family and like the RV and the, so uh, I, I say that I think Florida is going to be affected there just because, you know, it's not like he just comes up on his own, you know, this guy brought his whole yeah, family. Yeah. So sure. Ole Miss is, is a school that's involved. Um, I don't know how dead set it is, but I know their staff expects him on an official visit December uh, 14th weekend, right in there, that last weekend before the uh, early signing period. I would be very surprised if he doesn't take an official to Florida. I expect that to happen. As far as I know, nothing's been dead set, but I mean, this is a guy who's you know been decommitted from his school for you know just under 24 hours. So yeah, you know, defensive line. I think those are two guys right, or excuse me, uh, yeah, two guys there to look at along with Tim Smith, um, who's kind of been a, a long time guy there. Uh, Florida's got another defensive lineman that they've kind of 
of been flirting with a little bit in a Juco, uh, Justin Jackson, who's committed to Colorado. Um, no offer yet, but it's a guy that I know Florida's kind of had their pulse on, um, just kind of getting a read there. I, I don't know how solid he is to Colorado. I think he would give Florida a look if they did offer. He'll be on campus for his official uh, when Florida State comes to town. That'll be his first visit. Just kind of running through a couple other positions I think Florida really should hit on. Wide receiver, that visit weekend when they have Florida State coming to town. They've got three big-time wide receivers coming to town, so it's definitely a need they're still looking to fill. Uh, Those guys that will be on campus at FSU Week and Kentron Poiter. Uh, Brian Robinson, who is a guy that Florida has not had on campus, uh, at least since McElwain was there. That was when he originally got an offer. So they've been trying to get him on campus, you know, all year, a couple games. Yeah, I'm coming, then he doesn't show up. So yeah, that official visit for really be looking to make a move. Florida State has kind of been the team to watch. Um, he was a committed to Miami early, backed off that around like June. Um, but Ron Dugans was the guy who uh, recruited him to Miami. He was committed to him and, you know, making that move to Florida State. It just seemed like he really kind of followed him and his interest there. And now there's a lot of questions in Florida State. So I think Robinson has kind of hit reset. You know, he's going to come check out Florida. Um, he's been to Nebraska. He's been to Pitt. Um, he's, he's supposed to go to Bama that last weekend in December before making his decision on the early signing period. So Florida is going to really need to make a big move on that visit. And I think that, you know, he's going to, he's coming in with, with, with legitimate interest. You know, I think when he's been looking at Florida state and it's not really an option that's looking too attractive right now. So I think Florida is really going to try to impress him there. Uh, the final guy that's on campus that weekend at wide receiver, Xavier Henderson. Everyone knows about this guy, CJ Henderson's little brother, one of Florida's, if not their top wide receiver target. I, I, he's been linked to Clemson for most of the year. And, and I believe that fully. My crystal ball on 24-7 sports was on Clemson for most of the year. But it doesn't seem like they're really leaning that way anymore. Clemson's looking for one more wide receiver as far as I've been told. And I think they're looking for someone who's maybe a little bit more of a short, shiftier kind of slot type. And I think okay. Arian Smith at Lakeland is one to really watch there. So that being said, I think it kind of opened the door up. Maybe some for Xavier. And I think right two, now, two at least the, the intel I'm here. Yeah, I, I think it is a two-team battle. I think right now it's a Florida-Bama battle. I don't know that you can totally count out Clemson just because there's been interest there. I think if they wanted to be involved, I think they could be. But for right now, I think Bama and Florida are the two teams to watch. Cool. All right, man. Well, I know you got to get out to Armwood, so I won't keep you any longer. Uh, I was going to ask about receivers, but you just covered it brilliantly. Yeah, so, you know, uh, one more position to throw in there that I should, and I'm probably— slap myself for not mentioning is running back uh, that's been like easily the most debated topic of physician of phil for florida yeah. uh, jalen knighton jaquavius marks a couple four star there um you know they, they're looking at uh jameer gibbs a guy out of georgia who will take an unofficial visit for the florida state game so florida's got a lot of running backs that have kind of set up some official visits in december and in that last weekend of november uh they're going to have marks on campus whenever florida state comes to town that following weekend they'll have jalen knighton on campus that weekend of December 6th and then another guy they're looking at December 13th is Michael Drennan who's a guy out of Ohio Uh, I think right now he's leaning a little bit more towards Kentucky and that's one that I think Florida could get involved if they want to press but of those guys I think Marks is probably the one closest to watch for Florida I think that they covet him a little bit more Um, and and I think that he took an unofficial when Vandy was in town and I think that visit went really well so you know I think right now getting him back for an official visit um, I think that that's probably the guy to closely watch right now at running back but it's a fluid position because Florida's juggling quite a few guys right there yeah all right All right, well, guys, that's going to do it for us on today's episode of the podcast. Uh, We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back, uh, you know, because it's a bye week, we're not going to have a a Monday morning podcast breaking down the game uh, because there is no game. So uh, we'll be back later in the week, probably on Thursday. Uh, Yeah, definitely on Thursday to take a look ahead to Florida State and Senior Day. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.